0: Coming up on Bulldogs by the Numbers, Brent Rollins from UGA Sports.com and PFF and I will talk about the Clemson game by the numbers, the offense, the defense, who were the shining stars that maybe you didn't think were going to be in the beginning, and then who didn't show up that we thought would have. Finally, the toughest game on Georgia's schedule in the remainder of September is not an SEC team. It's all next on Bulldogs by the Numbers.
1: Giving back has always been our culture at Subaru of Gwinnett. During the Subaru Loves to Help initiative, we're partnering with our friends at Rainbow Village to provide coats, shoes, and socks to those dealing with homelessness. At Subaru of Gwinnett, our hope is that these essential items will not only keep those in urgent need protected, warm, and dry, but that it can have a significant impact on their mental and emotional well-being. Subaru of Gwinnett, more than a car dealer. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more.
0: Welcome to Bulldogs by the Numbers. My name is Tug Cowart, along with Brent Rollins from UGASports.com and PFF College. We're going to kick off with the review of the Clemson game by the numbers. You got to be happy if you're a Georgia fan. Georgia got to win. That's exactly what you'd hope for. That's exactly what you'd prayed for. Might not have turned out the way you expected it to turn out. Or maybe it did. I don't know. I, um, I, I couldn't figure out what i was supposed to think because the first three plays of the game are passes right and i was just like okay man they're gonna they're gonna come out of the gate opening it up and then they figured out they didn't have to and shifted to what we expect out of typical georgia and kirby smart teams which is a grounded pound which is all they needed
3: it was all they needed and it's because they played one of the gave one of the best defensive performances that you know we've seen against a top five high caliber a high level team but it was one of the things where once you got into the game and you see like me personally i coach a variation i call plays and use formations and a lot of the offense that we use uh, on our, our youth football team is clemson based mm-hmm. it's kind of a clemson Ole Miss mix and if our quarterback is not a running threat it hurts our offense massively mm-hmm. and i think what you saw was when Clemson's offense does not have a true running threat, doesn't necessarily have to run, but a threat, because Lawrence, Kelly Bryant, Deshaun Watson, they were a threat in the running game, especially big games, by the way. I'm not necessarily talking about teams that they should, you know, that they physically ever match in the ACC, but big games. When that's not when they're not a running threat at the QB position, it severely limits what they can do offensively. Well, then and Georgia took advantage.
0: Boy, no kidding. Two yards of total offense, is that what I remember seeing? Rushing, two yards uh, two rushing. I'm sorry two two yards of rushing offense is what we saw out of uh, out of out of Clemson which is amazing so let's go through some of the defense then because George's defense was incredible Well, was the front
3: six the front six utterly dominated the game you, they pressured DJ uh, DJU U uh, mm-hmm. uh on 38 percent of the dropbacks 22 total quarterback pressures from 11 different players. You had seven players with at least two pressures. You had five with a, different players with a sack. They only missed four tackles, two of which were by Nakobe One early in the game, there when he had Will Shipley one on one out on the edge, and he missed that tackle on third down. But their front six—it just—it shows the level of dominance that they can have when one you get Jordan Davis and Devonte Wyatt back, ginormous for them defensively, and then two you have Trayvon Walker and Jalen Carter. Who you know from a grading perspective? Those, all those guys were some of the highest graded defenders. And then you add in Adam, Adam Anderson and Nolan Smith. You have maybe five of those guys that are round one or round two NFL type guys. Now along your defensive line, Nakobe's going to be a probably round two, round three guy, maybe even sneaking to round one if he keeps elevating. But when you have that level of dominance on the defensive line, in addition to the, some of the, the coverage that they played, and when you look at the film that especially the all 22 the coverage was outstanding it just it made it made life for clemson absolute you know horrid they didn't have any fun whatsoever offensively
0: then you and you heard them after the game talking about how they were going to go and 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 refigure what they need to do on offense i mean they they they're even second guessing their offense
3: yes very much so and the like the one for me as a coach and as a coach who uses a lot of their offensive scheme i am still perplexed that they had justin ross in the slot now, granted, how he looked and all the things that he did, but that guy was an absolute elite player on the outside. To where just throw it up and let him go get it. And one time he got the pass interference on Keely Ringo. Like I thought that. Like I thought in the second half that that would be their game plan. All right, forget this stuff. We're going to put Justin Rawls on the outside and we're just going to go throw it to him constantly because they were getting pressured so much that hey, take two steps and throw it deep to Ross, no matter who's on him. But they never did and they really neither team by the way neither team adjusted to what was being done to them defensively.
0: Yeah, before we get to the offense, uh, do you have uh, obviously you named off a, a few folks that that were incredible. What were the gold star players though? The ones that that mattered the most?
3: Well, to me it's it's you know we kind of knew and we looked in the game and I think we even talked about it last week is what's going to be the disadvantage that you think going into the game that becomes an advantage. Like we knew that Georgia's defensive line was an advantage over Clemson's offensive line. That ended up being a ginormous advantage. Yeah, for but, sure. but you also thought, Hey, their receivers with the size and speed of their receivers against the secondary and some of the, uh, you know, new guys, new, you know, d- different players in the secondary and all the losses that Georgia had in the secondary, that maybe Clemson had that advantage there, but it didn't materialize. Yeah, never did. Latavius Breeny, Christopher Smith, and Lewis Seen were three of the seven highest graded players on the defense. Yeah. The three of those guys combined, eight receptions on fifteen targets, only 70 yards. They had three pass breakups, and then of course the absolute play of the game in Chris Smith's pick six.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And and it's funny because we talked about also that the one of the big things was going to be which quarterback actually stepped it up because we weren't sure, right? You had you had JT Daniels who's been uh, touted as one of the greatest quarterbacks, you know, in, in maybe ever. You know, he's this kid that's is incredible. He's got this uh, incredible pedigree, but we'd never seen him actually put it all together for a, you know, a sustained uh, period M- because of injury or because of transfer or whatever the reason. And then DJU, you, are just unsure. He's unproven. And to be honest, neither one of them really did anything. So no, they they were, they were, they were almost, it could have been anybody in those positions. I will say from an offensive standpoint, and we're going to get into
3: Georgia's offense a little bit, but DJU actually had opportunities to sort of make plays and do things. And Clemson put a lot more of the game in his hands than Georgia did in JT's hands. But DJU, 55.5 passing grade. And the biggest key was when he was clean, when he wasn't even pressured. It was a 62.1 passing grade and only 4.4 yards per attempt. What that tells you is one, he was either confused and you saw a lot of a lot of confusion hey, the ball is, the ball is being thrown and this guy's head's not around things like that but you also saw you know just he didn't want to push the ball into certain places tried not to, you know tried to make a few plays here and there but he just looked uncomfortable and obviously when you're pressing and in that first game the emotions of that first game and when things just aren't going well he struggled with it
0: I kept pointing out to the people I was watching the game with, my wife and son, and I told them from the get-go, from the first time I saw him on camera, he looked overwhelmed. You could see it on his face; it was almost written on his face. I am nervous about what's about to happen. He didn't look confident. He didn't. Uh, he didn't look poised. And and that's not a slight at him. I'm sure it's just inexperience no. that was written on his and, face. You could see it. And it all, it's also
3: different when you think about the first third down. The game, he gets sacked. Yeah. When you start getting hit, and you get hit a lot, and you get hit a lot early, right. it takes your confidence, no yes. matter how big, no matter how good you are. That's exactly right. Anything else you want to cover on defense? Uh, just I, I'm curious how loud you got when Chris Smith picked off that Woo! ball.
0: Let me tell you, we were staying in a condo that my wife's aunt owns. Other people live in condos next door to us. My wife was like, you have got to calm down. You've got to quiet down. I mean, like, I I was amped up the whole time. And and then when that happened, the lid came off, and I just couldn't hold it. I mean, I screamed and yelled and jumped up and down. My wife's like, they're going to throw us out. You have to stop. And I was trying. I was doing my best to calm down. It didn't work. It didn't work. How about you, man? How did you handle it? well, I mean, I,
3: so I was doing. So we do at UGA Sports yeah. on, on for the game. We do a watch along, right? Yeah. So with I'm Coach Donnan there, sitting sitting with Coach Donnan right. uh, and Dane Young and then Dave McMahon that was with us as well. But you're, you're like you're kind of like a little giddy, but I'm also trying to be know, professional. Whole, yes, you're, you're doing a job. You're calling. <laughs> you're right. calling a game. Yeah. So, but you're at UGA Sports
0: com. That's the thing. You can be a UGA fan in that setting. I think.
3: I it, I would I would tend to agree and there was a little bit of a yes kind of yeah, initially yeah. from me and, well, and for me <laughs> I to go back and watch I, I love seeing it I love seeing it as just a fan of great plays because yeah. when you see that kid Chris Smith Christopher Smith who has you know waited his time and waited his turn and is massively taking advantage of it and his he now has started 6 games and has an 80.6 I think overall grade mm-hmm. in his 6 starts you know, including the pick six, a couple other pass breakups. I think it's only like a forty. I think I saw a forty four point nine, maybe passer rating he's allowed in his sixth start. So he's playing phenomenal, and you could just see it mentally that that's somebody that they, one that Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning trust mentally, but just a kid that knows exactly where he needs to be and exactly what's happening in front of him, and it materialized with you know a big, a humongous play in the biggest game.
0: Man, I loved it. It was so spectacular. I expected it to come on the other side of the ball, but I'm glad that the defense did exactly what they did because they had to. That's that's what gave us the win. I mean, you had the missed field goal, and I remember us talking on whatever it was last Wednesday or Thursday uh, leading up to the game, and we talked about how there was going to be one thing that changed the game. Was it going to be a special teams? Th- what was it? There was going to be something that yes. changed the game, and I was afraid. I thought of you immediately on that missed field goal. I was like, oh, my God, what if this is the one thing? Turns out it wasn't, but it, it's, it did turn out to be one thing, and that is the pick six, and that changed the game altogether.
3: Yep, and because you think about it, this sort of segues into the, the Georgia offense. They've now scored two touchdowns in their last two games.
0: Yeah, that didn't make me feel all that well. That's not. That's it. That's
3: going to make my stomach that's- hurt. The rest of the day. That's two high, le- two relatively high-level defenses, and it's Cle- you know Clemson's and talented defenses that you have played, and you've got two touchdowns yeah. in two games. Yeah, that's none that's of which feeling. were last pa- this past Saturday.
0: Yeah. So does can we blame any of it? By the numbers, as you look at it, can we blame any of it on losing Tate Ratledge? Is it uh, anything to do with not having wide receivers on the field? But you had Lad McConkey out there, which is lightning fast, but he's a freshman and he's a young guy, and he's and, and he looked a little bit out of place. And I mean that with all due respect to him, he just doesn't have the the stature of some of the other wide receivers that I've seen play at Georgia and and in other universities that well. Is it th- to do with some tight ends being hurt? What can we well, the, what can we draw from it?
3: the entirety of the receiving core that you had independent of the four running backs, take out the four running backs and even take out, you know, John Fitzpatrick, you know, as a veteran outside of him, freshmen and sophomores Mm -hmm. or redshirt Mm fresh every single, almost every single, I think every single receiver, cause you had lad Marcus Rosemary, Jackson, Arian Smith, Jermaine Burton, uh, about Brock Bowers who we're going to get to at some point, but like all of your receiving weapons were young guys. Yeah. And you could tell to me immediately that Georgia thought two things. One, our receivers are inexperienced. I'm not just going to just go throw it up to them and trust that they're going to come down with it. And then two, we it, it almost seems to me like from a blocking standpoint that Georgia's offense struggled in camp, blocking their own defensive line, which, by the way, a lot of people are going to do
0: that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they Yeah. I mean, you saw them push around a uh, the number two team in the nation. I mean, they pushed them around. So, yeah, it's not a huge surprise, but it is. It is somewhat. I don't know. Somewhat concerning. But you could see that. I, I think the entire
3: game plan was we can't protect that long, thus we need to get the ball out quick, and they did it and got it out quick. And when you think about it from a numbers perspective, J. T. Daniels time to throw one point overall. Every, every Mm -hmm. drop back 1.88 seconds. That's the lowest quick, the ball out quicker than anyone in the entire FBS that played this weekend. Wow. Nobody threw it quicker than him. Wow. So the ball is almost instantly out of his hands. He had, you know, in terms of average depth of target, which is how far down the field you throw the ball, 3.5 yards on average. That was the second lowest in the entire FBS. I think, I forget who who was first, but I know uh, Mississippi State was third. Mm -hmm. And they just, you know, that's because all the check downs, the running backs that they did. But versus last year when his average depth of target was 12.7 yards, which was fourth highest in the FBS. So a complete flip. And when you think about JT's game, he had a 58.3 passing grade, primarily because, and if you look at 60 as average in, in the PFF system. So he's just a tick below average in our system It's primarily because you had the one interception, the one negatively mm. turnover worthy play, negative graded throw. He only had four positively graded throws. The rest of his plays were zero grade, which to that end means he wasn't asked to do a lot. Yeah. The ball was out so quick, all kinds of screens, you know, and you know, quick throws to the backs, quick throws to Brock Bowers. Like, he just wasn't asked to do anything. And and a, at a certain point, you could tell that, hey, we know that they're not scoring unless it's some sort of broken, busted play or right. trick play or something like that. Thus, we're just here to try to keep the chains moving as best we can and not, uh, you know, not turn the ball over. But right. I will say, if when you go back and look at the All-22 of the game and, and really just, you know, dive down into some of the blocking and some of the things that they did it was not good it was a struggle it was things that we drill into our 12 year old players heads you know from day one that were just mistakes in terms of uh where my head is on which side where the ball is going or knowing that the ball is going way outside and and that helps me with angles and things like that from a blocking standpoint struggled mightily on the perimeter jermaine burton just had a rough day i mean kirby talked to his presser about how he'd only practiced like 10 out of, out of however many practices that uh, that they'd had but he just he from a blocking standpoint it, it was a liability yeah
0: yeah that's so uh that's, there's, there's a lot of things to clean up yeah that's, that's frightening so i don't know that i'm taking away anything positive about george's offense it, it, it i mean obviously you know the you know the next next few games, we don't got that much to worry about. But when you get later in the season, things are going to have to shape up, and maybe maybe that's a good thing that you've got a stretch that you feel is pretty easy to deal with.
3: Uh, it's it's a very good thing that these three games come with when they do. We got a UAB this week, yeah. which is, by the way might be the toughest of the next three games, and likely to be the toughest of the next three games because uh, South Carolina and then Vanderbilt, you're going to be for may probably thirty point plus favorites. But you know the biggest thing is. And we knew this going into the game because of no Darnell, no George Pickens, no Reed Gilbert, which you, you don't know if you're going to get that or not at all. You maybe get George Pickens back at the you know very end, who knows? But again, those are mm-hmm. two unknowns. Like, you kind of can't really count on that. But no Darnell, Don Blaylock's not quite ready yet. Kiris Jackson literally only returned punts, didn't play a snap at receiver, you know. So and then you know Jermaine Burton, who coach had talked about not practicing much. Your offense is going to look entirely different in five weeks than it looks if, by the way, if you keep getting those guys healthy and the rest of the guys that are there currently stay healthy. Yeah, right. It's going to look entirely different. So from a – the positives to take away are just that, is that because of the health and the the things that have gone on, this was going to be a sort of just win baby, figure out a, a way to win no matter so what dead. game. And, and – anyway it was going to be that game anyway because of what you were missing but hey the the fact of the matter and the beautiful thing about it is you won the game that's exactly right you did what you had to do to win the game but i think two big time positives were one brock bowers oh did my you gosh like, did you see oh my there?
0: heavens goodness gracious that kid seemed to fly all over the field
3: and that's you know i had talked to a good bit of people inside the building about him and the the clo- the quotes that I would get and the, the things that would be said to me like elite speed wow. not just yeah not just regular speed elite speed so he's one of those guys that, and you watched him move you watched him break some tackles the the pa- the pass that he didn't that wasn't really his target I don't think but he jumps up and jumps over top of everybody right uh, in the back of the end zone like you saw things from him where you're like okay that guy's a player
0: yeah right we can we can build on that
3: we can win with that guy. And that's <laughs> exactly. and when you see that from a true freshman in his yeah. first game, that's fantastic. The other big bright spot for me was Samir white. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. He was, he and was carrying folks on his back.
3: He, he, the look of him, he looked And which by the way, and some of the watching rewatching and seeing some of the passing schemes and some of the way that JT's eyes were looking when I'm like, all right, why are you looking there versus here? I think two things, one, I think Clemson played that game differently defensively than they've played any game in the last two years, maybe even three. They completely played differently than they've played before. That's one thing. So they, I think they had a lot of expectation about, hey, guys are going to be in certain places on these certain plays, but they just weren't. Mm-hmm. Like the ball that JT threw where he, like, stopped the throw and it went into uh, the ground. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. That was early, early in the game.
3: Yes, you look at that play, there's, like, if you look how they were playing it live, there's no way – he should think that that ball was going to come out quick to the receiver he was trying to throw to, but it was like he was shocked that the linebacker was in the was in the throwing lane
0: mm-hmm. and it double was What was
3: and he just kind of like, "Ooh, I can't do that." That yep. guy's standing right there. Yeah. Pre snap, that guy was going to be there, mm-hmm. like that or the other linebacker. One of them were going to be there. I, I was kind of shocked by that, but you know, so that's a little bit disconcerting. I would have it's to the point where I would have just ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball, and that's kind of what, that's what, what they did at the end, ultimately at the end to seal the game. But the Zamir factor like he looked like the jump cut Mm -hmm. that he had on the you know his, his longest run of the game that's when you know someone is completely healthy feeling great and explosive that kind of moves that kind of vision that's something we haven't seen a ton from him in the past so if you look at his career he's had 12 games in his career with at least 10 carries that was the first game he's had where he's averaged at least four yards after contact per attempt Wow. Forcing, you know, so f- being physical and getting stuff on his own in addition to what the line gives him, he had six carries for thirty-two yards on that final drive, forced five missed tackles in total. Like that, to me, is a like you, him, and Kendall Milton from a power perspective. You feel like you can go ram it down anybody's throat with those two guys right. at any given.
0: And then there toward, what, well, I don't know, was it about five minutes left in the game when you knew you had to get some first downs just to kill the clock and put, put the game away? Zamir White was a bulldozer, man. He just kept yes. running over. And there was never a doubt in my mind watching it that he was going to do that. I've, there was never a point where I was like, we're in trouble. I, I felt no. confident about Zamir White the entire time, which was so much fun. I mean, because that puts him in the category of some of the greatest running backs in UGA history. And, and we've had a few. Of incredible running backs over the years, but it puts him up in that that kind of stratosphere when you feel that confident about him against the number two team in the nation.
3: Yes, and, and you think that final drive they got the ball with 4:44 remaining in the clock and then give it back. Yeah, and, and you know, Coach Don and I were talking during the Washington Washington long show. He's like, "Ah, eh, maybe punt it." I'm like, "No, Coach Clemson got to go for this." Yeah, because they might not get it back. Yeah, because if they, you know, because it doesn't matter. Two first downs and the game's over. Yeah, they got to go. They had they had to go for it. And it was a great play, great pressure that uh, they applied. Chris Smith was in the right place in that fourth down play, would have would have made the tackle for short of the line to gain anyway. So it was just the, the defensive out, the secondary was to me, was the biggest great thing to see. Even Keely Ringo with the two penalties that he had. One of them questionable. Was all these, all pass interference things yeah. now. It's just, yeah. it's so hard to call because they're both fighting. Like the ones that got called on Mitchell, like he could have not called when yeah. he was on offense, when the Donnie Mitchell was on offense, yeah, uh, you know, you could have those could have not been called. It's that's such a flip of a coin. It's just like whatever he, the guy's feeling and whatever little mini thing that they see at that time. But the key for me was he was not physically outmatched. So when some that that's when someone is not physically outmatched on the field, I can. I can teach you, I can work with you, I can k- get you better, experience is going to get you better, all that kind of stuff. Like, for example, in 2017, there were times where Malcolm Parrish was physically outmatched mm-hmm. at corner. That's not going to happen with Kiwi Ringo. Thank goodness. That's not going to happen with the mere Speed. And, by the way, Clemson avoided De- Darion Kendrick like the plague other than one path <laughs> like that He was only targeted four times in the game. And that, by the way, that shot, that it shocked me, but it didn't. Because I thought they're going to be like, all right, we've seen this guy. We know his positive and negative tendencies. We're going to attack him this way. And they just didn't. Like, there was w- the one catch, the big catch they gave up. His eyes got back there and the guy peeled off a little bit. Uh, got His eyes got in the back a little bit. Other than that, he played fantastic. Yeah. So, that's the biggest thing to take home from this game is that the secondary played well, didn't get beat, was not physically outmatched by Clemson's receivers. And with the strength that they have along the front six, that that's got to make Georgia fans feel good about their defense.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. It's the offense. I think that most people are just biting their fingernails just a little bit about until they get that figured out. But you know, you said JT being able to get the ball out so quickly. I mean, that, that's a good thing, right? That's a, that's a positive. We should be, we should be pretty comfortable with that.
3: I mean, yes, yes. And no, like me, I, 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 I don't look at offense that way. I, I want to push the ball down the field. I want to attack defenses. The biggest thing that I've, I don't see a lot of from Georgia's offense that I want to see more from a schematic standpoint is they don't put defenses in conflict a lot to me and whether that's, they do it a little bit with some of their RPO game, but it's not a ton and it's more, it's, Hey, we're running here or, Hey, we're dropping back and throwing. I just like you watch Ole Miss last night, their offense constantly, puts the defense into a choice where they gotta choose one or the other thing and they're right. gonna be wrong no matter what they choose. You make the defense wrong no matter what they choose. I don't see enough of that yet with George's offense.
0: Do you think you will see it? Because I'm the not so game, sure.
3: Not in the running game. I, I don't I don't think you can, you've got you've got too much of a sample size. In the running game they're just gonna to have to be bigger and stronger and more powerful. Which they I have like been. The, yeah and I like what they did with the toss, with the reverse. The, those things have to come into play mm-hmm. uh against teams that are going to be able to stop your inside zones and stop stop you just from going where you want to and that was great to see I just think they're now the perimeter blocking has to improve greatly and that will as those players get experience and get you know live game action because you know Clemson's pretty good too so that kind of no doubt uh, make a big difference but the passing concepts are always going to be NFL passing concepts and to be able to use those I think you're going to have to just – you're going to see more of that in the, over the next three weeks. You're going to mm. see the ball push down the field over the next three weeks. You're going to see more play-action deep shots. Like, there was one where I think confusion caused JT – or JT to get rid of it quickly. But if he was able to hold on the ball or the protection was set, Arian Smith was running way by people. And that that's going to happen. Like, he made people look slow. Mm. And he's going to. He's a, that fast. So, I that's the guy to me that you got to see start – finding a way to get the ball down the field, too.
0: Before we get to Georgia and what to expect, for the rest of September, what does it say about Clemson? Because their last game, they got blown out. This game, it was tight. It wasn't a blowout by any means, but they looked overmatched.
3: On the offensive line, that's where they're overmatched, and and it it is. And and also, their offense has always been predicated, like I said, on the QB run being a threat in the run game. They're going to have to figure out ways to get creative in the run game without the QB being a threat. And two... Like I just I can't fathom keeping Justin Ross in the slot. That slot guy for them has always been, you know, 5'10, mm-hmm. 190 ten, hundred pound, two hundred pound guy that's that's quick that you can give the jet to that you can do unique things and get the ball to really quickly. That's not Justin Ross, mm-hmm. and you know it's Hunter Renfro in the past. It's Amari Rogers that they had the last couple of years. So I, I'm curious to see how they evolve, but they're gonna they're gonna be just fine. They're gonna win the rest of their games. Like,
0: yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, they play the ACC. Be- of course, they
3: do. They're, of course, they're they not going to get challenged. Yeah, they might. <laughs> no they might have one day where they just have a bad day and
0: turn the ball over a little bit. It's usually against but,
3: Syracuse when that happens, right? Syracuse or Boston College or somebody like that. Right.
0: You know? Yeah, no doubt. All Virginia right. Tech. Maybe. Yeah, Hey, Virginia Tech, boy, they're about. They're showing up on the on the seismograph. Did yes. you see that? Very much so. Super cool, man. Man, man. That's right. I thought that only happened down at LSU. Turns out Virginia Tech's like Blacksburg. We can make it happen too. Mm-hmm. I loved it. That was a fun game to watch, man. I really enjoyed that. Uh, that and, and you know what? Maybe. Uh, and I like Mac Brown. I don't want to. It's not a, a a kick at him, but I just there's just nothing about me that feels like North Carolina is a football school. Maybe i Maybe it's just <laughs> me being old school thinking basketball. But you know, and I know they've been they've been good, but they're not. I don't know that they're top ten good ever. Are they? Uh- not right now yeah definitely not Not right now <laughs> they lost all their weapons yeah definitely not right now they're gonna be a basketball school again before too long all right uh the rest of september for the dogs
3: uab sneaky tough game by the way and an interesting little number for you here in terms of our our grading which by the way is not necessarily uh opponent adjusted so it you know it's you know it's basically hey you played this guy and you did these things and we'll we're, we're do that we can do different opponent adjusted grades for like the draft and whatnot. And we do that as for teams as well. uh, And some of the team data that we send, but just looking at it, UAB was the fourth highest graded team last week. Now granted they played Jacksonville state, Uh, but they have a very experienced quarterback and is going to, who's graded quite well over his time. They're going to be interesting. It's going to be that when Kirby talked about after the game, how, Hey, we got to be ready for UAB. He's not wrong.
0: Yeah, I believe. And
3: that's, that's their challenge. That's their challenge. The rest of this month is one: can you be disciplined enough to handle your business how you should handle it and handle it early? Don't handle it.
0: Yeah, you got You got to put the, the third quarter, the the foot on the throat in the first quarter,
3: and and early in the game, in the first half, handle the games. Yeah, first half. Yeah. And then two: find who it is that you can trust on the outside, both in blocking and in as as a receiver. You feel like you can trust Burton as a receiver. He's got to become somebody you can trust as a blocker too. And then also, you know, who's another guy? Is it Mitchell? Is it Lad McConkey? Is it Arian Smith? You, you know, does Don Blaylock come back at some point and become that guy? You just got to find one. You got to find somebody else that you can trust.
0: All right, let me play devil's advocate for just for a second before we get ready to wrap up. I mean, we just played the number two team of the nation and we look pretty darn good. The offense didn't look great, but when you play against a defense like UAB, and I'm not trying to take anything away from UAB, but they're not Clemson.
3: No. No way.
0: So, so, but that's my point. Like, I, I know they can be sneaky, but, I mean, in all reality, the, I'm, I mean, it's, it's – I it's, just – I look the at w it down. from
3: – yeah, I look at it from the execution standpoint. And do you execute? And be very precise. Don't miss assignments. Don't put, ball, don't put the ball in harm's way. That and get a working sort of good vibe with the various receivers that you have and that you have to work with. For me, it's it's two people. It's it's Arian Smith and it's Marcus Rosemary Jackson. Those are the two that
0: I'm get some work in.
3: That athletically are different, you know. And those are the two that you have to find a way to get them the ball and get some sort of rhythm with those guys getting the ball.
0: Yeah, no, I think, and I think this is a perfect game to do that, and I think they will. I, I ex- totally expect that.
3: Yes, and and the biggest thing is you're going to be able to block these guys. Yeah, that's and the yeah, other thing. You're not right? to block Clemson's front. Like, that's exactly right. Like for me, I, I was sitting there during the wash long. like, hey, if eleven for C is out of the game, all right, I'm running it. I'm doing things because that guy's different. That he's just different.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be. Then you know, you said like you talked about uh, Vandy and South Carolina. You're going to be big favorites of those. I mean, Vandy got embarrassed. South Carolina is, you know, it's they're they're a mess, not good. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I think Georgia's in a pretty good uh, state of affairs. Oh, they they this game massively mattered. Yeah, it did. It, it, It. You
3: you can't underscore how much that victory matters, and by the way, and how much I think it's going to keep Clemson out of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, well, so that's an interesting conversation there too, and and we can hit it just briefly if you'd like, because Georgia can go on and lose in the SEC championship, and they're still getting in, I believe, unless something crazy happens. Clemson as long as it's
3: just one loss.
0: Yeah, no, that's what. Yeah, of course, but but that's what I mean. It would be in the SEC championship against Alabama. That'd be yep. the one loss that you still get in because of what you've done so far throughout the season. Clemson, on the other hand, you know that's that's a different story. I mean, they're, they're, they got nobody left on their schedule. When they play the ACC championship, it's going to be against a powder puff team. They
3: have to hope that Ohio State and Oklahoma, as they lose twice, that's and, what they
0: have to hope. And I, I'm not sure I see that that happening. Do you?
3: Not right. I mean, Oklahoma obviously didn't play well. They but didn't that, play that, great. That, yeah. That, I'm not going to worry too much about that game.
0: Yeah, same here. It, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think Georgia fans are in a pretty good position. They they should be feeling pretty good about um, the prospects of the season, and I would never bring up anything past the next game because Coach Kirby Smart told me not to. <laughs> but well, at the same it, time, I, I I can't wait to change out that Coca-Cola bottle one day. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that's I, – I almost wrote a piece on, on UJ Sports. I just – I didn't write it. But this season – Above all, is one where because of you had this massive opening game, and then you have the rest of your schedule that you don't think is as difficult. Which, by the way, Auburn, Auburn, Florida, both Auburn and Florida are going to be tough games like they always are. Kentucky, by the way, going to be is going to be a tough game, Mm -hmm. but you're still, you know, you're 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 more talented than all these teams, and you're going to be favored. You just have to enjoy every week. As a f- enjoy every week of this season, because you can't just think, all right, it's this game and then it's the last game. You can't even think about that. Just no, enjoy of every week. I know. You get I know. too much. We've had you know people are going. Sanford Stadium is going to be packed on Saturday, and enjoy that.
0: Yeah, no, you should absolutely. But that's the thing, though, as 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 a guy that writes. And and is an expert when it comes to Georgia and and football in general, writing for UGA Sports dot com, Focus dot com, College. That's that's for you to do, right? You you can you can go through each week and and say, hey, here is what could happen. Me and and every other fan of the Georgia Bulldogs, we're looking for a new Georgia Coke bottle. Yes, that's what we're looking for. And if we don't get it, I think we're going to be disappointed. Yeah, you want to buy some T shirts and some new hats. That's and... exactly right. It's only been forty yeah. plus years. Come on. Yeah.
3: Well, hey, we get to see it, and, I, and, and the biggest thing is, I think you're going to be a completely—you should, as long as you stay healthy everywhere else, or stay healthy in, in that receiver group, and get people back, and stay—you know, as long as you're healthy and you get people back, you're going to be a completely different team but, in six weeks.
0: But, but in six weeks, though, I mean, are are those kids going to be able to just jump in and be the 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 star player that they're supposed to? Man, there's some ramp up time there too.
3: Yeah, but I but they're also experienced players that you're getting back
0: sure sure no as yeah no doubt about it but uh, i don't know it just makes me nervous because we had some experienced players this this past game against clemson and and they didn't look so experienced yeah you know what i mean
3: Very i mean look,
0: I, I, that's all i'm that that'd be the only thing what have i left out what is it what is it Double. no we yeah it. absolutely we got to win that's all that matters 100 yes. percent and um, it was so funny. At uh, My son was at a at a baseball camp, Coastal Carolina, and when we got there, there's people wearing Clemson gear, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and I was wearing a Georgia shirt. And, you know, you talk a little bit and, you know, poke fun, and, you know, ah, it's going to be a tough game, and everybody says the right thing. And then the next day, I was the only person. I, I say that. I should correct that. The next game, the Georgia fans were still wearing their gear. The Clemson, there was nothing to be found. I didn't see a Clemson T-shirt anywhere
3: they weren't they weren't rapping that much that's good that's, <laughs> that's right. hey that's good to see that's a good feeling
0: yeah it is you no, you're and, 100% right hey, absolutely and
3: 103 with that feeling yeah.
0: is, is way
3: better than anything else
0: absolutely it could have been it could have been three nothing and i would have had that feeling it wouldn't matter to me exactly but exactly. Uh, w- all right what have i left out what what is something important that i've left out anything uh, i mean the only thing you're
3: going to look for this week is who starts along the offensive line do you see a new left tackle when Jamari Sawyer moves inside or do you see some, just somebody else, you know, Eric, Warren Erickson start at right guard and you kind of keep the status quo? That's yeah. what I'm curious to see this week.
0: Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll, we'll, we'll finish on this. Did you happen to see the picture of Jordan Davis doing the interview after the game was over? It was uh, the national TV. I think it was the, probably the ESPN broadcaster that was down on the side and she was interviewing Jordan Davis. And there happened to be a Georgia State patrolman standing next to him as his security. And and the beautiful caption was Jordan Davis only knows security because <laughs> he was about uh, two heads taller than the state patrolman.
3: Oh, he is I, I, that kid is he's a special special kid. No doubt, just as a as a human. Right, I've gotten the chance to hang around him, played spike ball with him, watched him work out, done nice. some things, and seen him on a golf course, and and he's just a great kid. He remembered things yeah. and just yeah, just super personality, super kid, but an absolute obviously force unlike many humans that exist on this earth
0: no doubt about it man if you're if you're a believer in the good book when people talk about giants he would qualify that is a giant man Yes, he is. Very much so. Brent Rollins from UGASports.com. My name is Tug Cowart. This is Bulldogs by the Numbers. If you want to see Brent's work, go to UGASports.com and subscribe there. $99 to get you all kinds of information. Anything you want to know about the University of Georgia's football team, recruiting for the football team. And look, even, even out of season too, the other sports as well. But obviously – when it comes to the University of Georgia football is the end-all be-all. So anything that you want to know about Georgia, you can get it there. $99 for the year. Subscribe. I'm a subscriber. You should too. Uh, also, pro football focus. You can get all the college grades. been doing that for a few years now. Um, if you want to see good work, if you want to know the most about Georgia and Georgia sports and football, then uh, follow Brent on social media. Find him where he writes. I uh, just told you where the places to go get that stuff. Subscribe, and you will be the most informed Georgia fan that you uh, that, that you want to be. Uh, and anytime you talk uh, smack, people will have to listen to you because you'll be correct. You got the information <laughs> from the right folks. Brent, thanks so much, man. hope you have a great day. You too. Talk to you next week. <laughs>
2: Thepodcastpark.com is your home for the fans' entire stable of original podcasts if you're a true Atlanta sports fan you need to stay connected to shows like welcome to mad Atlanta featuring Atlanta's rich history of sports legends college football fans will love the Chuck Oliver show podcast two hours of college football talk every day all year and baseball fans get to dive into domino's archive of baseball legends on hardball subscribe to all these great shows and so many more anywhere you You get your podcasts or stream them free 24-7 at thepodcastpark.com. Presented by Associated Credit Union.
1: The 2024 Subaru Outback is designed to take you anywhere you want to go. And it's available with low 1.9% APR financing with complimentary maintenance included at Subaru of Gwinnett. Discover the many reasons to love a Subaru Outback. Advanced technology features for added safety, tough, sophisticated styling, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and a 2023 IIHS Top Safety Pick Plus. Get out there and go places in a Subaru Outback. Adventure never looks so good. Go to SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more.